The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is up? What is going on? Welcome. What is going on, Bills Mafia? Welcome into the overreaction post-game show brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast, multicast, vidcast network. I'm your host, the voice, the unfortunate voice of the overreaction post-game show, Buffalo Bills post-game show. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wire. Just want to take a quick second to thank everybody that is already piling into the chat. Welcome into the show. If you are with me live right now, it's good to have you. It's good to have you. We're going to go through this thing together. We're going to go through this thing together. We are Super Chat Live. Do me a favor. If you are watching on YouTube specifically, please make sure that you like and subscribe. And if you would like to get my attention during this show. Um, The comment section is going to be lit. I'm going to say some things in this show that's going to make some people unhappy, maybe uncomfortable. I'm not going to apologize. There's some things that need to be said, and I'm going to say them. I'm not going to say all the things. I'm not going to be downright mean, but there's some things that I'm going to say that are going to maybe upset some people. People that are, you know, always optimistic, which I tend to be very optimistic about my football team. But if you want to get my attention, the easiest thing for you to do is get on YouTube, super chat me. I'll see it. If you've got a comment, if you've got a question, if there's something that you want to remind me of, if you want to get my attention, super chat me. You don't have to put a bunch of money in there, a dollar, 50 cents, something like that. It's not going to break the bank. If you want to bless me and my family, you can throw more in there. 50 bucks, 100 bucks, gotten it before. But I'm excited that you're here. I'm thankful that you're here. I'm thankful that I'm not going to be going through this thing alone. For the next hour, maybe less, maybe more. It's going to be you, me, my voice. For those of you that are live with me right now, my face. (laughs) Sorry about that. 
But as I always like to say, whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee at the gym with your AirPods in on the drive to work or watching me live right now on Facebook, YouTube or Twitter, let me just say one more time. Welcome. It's so good to have you. Already got a super chat in here from my guy, Brian Bowers. Brian, you are my guy. It's good to have you in the show. It's good to have you contributing to the show. Brian says, Joe, you can't start with everything. I, or you can start with everything. I'm, you can't start with everything I mentioned above. I think he said you can start. So Brian and I were having a conversation before the show started. And Brian was bringing up some stuff that's actually in my notes. So we're going to get to that in a second. But like I said, welcome. Especially welcome to all the regulars. And a, a very big welcome to those of you that are new to the show. So if you're joining me live for the first time, thank you. I do want to get through uh, just the ad read real quick because it's going to be the most positive part of my show. Here's the thing, Bill's Mafia, especially if you're in New York, but if you're outside of New York as well, Western New York. Buying or selling a home can be one of the most challenging things that you do, especially if you're trying to sell a home in this market. A lot of people think, you know what, I'm going to maximize the value of my home by selling it by owner. I'm going to be honest with you. I've done that before and it went okay and I did okay. But this market is different. This market is tricky. And there's a lot of things that you need to, need to know about. And let's be honest, when I sold my home by owner, I did it in the state of Ohio, which is a whole nother world compared to the bureaucracy and the crazy red tape that's in New York State. Do not sell your home in this market by owner. If you've got a home that you want to sell, you want to maximize the value of that home and you want to do the small things that are going to do that for you. And oh, by the way, you want a team on your side that's going to walk you through every single step of the process and make sure that the buying side, if you're looking to sell your home, are, are meeting all of their commitments. You want to get a hold of the market dominator. My guy, John Spascheck, I've used him. He's the dude. He's the man. He's constantly number one in Western New York amongst all real estate agents. He is part of uh, Keller Williams, which is the largest real estate brokerage in the entire world. Call John Spascheck. Don't make the mistake that a lot of people make. Call John, 716-570-3298. That number again, 716-570-3298. Do me a favor, tell him exactly what several other listeners of my show have done. Tell him that the that, that the voice sent you. I heard you on the overreaction show with Joe Miller or the Hump Day Hotline with Joe Miller. Help me sell my home. Help me buy a home. Call John Spascheck. You can also find him on Twitter. He is Bill's Mafia. He's a season ticket holder. You can catch him on Twitter at your elite broker. Got another super chat from uh, my girl Tia Stell, NYAP in the 716, contributor for Built in Buffalo. Joe, help me understand. I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to tell you right now that it's not necessarily going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. And as we work through this process, I just want everybody to make sure that you do me the favor that if you ever are in the market to buy a home or sell a home, and I have messed, I feel like I messed that read up. I don't know why, but I feel like I did. But please call my guy, John. John's an awesome dude. He's an awesome dude. You won't regret it. The Buffalo Bills, week 10 of their season, week 11 of the NFL season, were completely run out of their own stadium in front of a sellout crowd. 
in the rain, 50-degree weather. The weather wasn't totally bad. It didn't rain the whole entire time. And I know a lot of dome guys, dome girls are all about the dome today. But let's be honest when we talk about the fact that a dome team came into Highmark Stadium and beat the Buffalo Bills in front of a sellout crowd. The Buffalo Bills lose to the Colts 41-15, and they drop to 6-4 and four on the season. The number one seed at this point, is in the rearview mirror. They fall into second place in the AFC East, and they are a Thanksgiving misstep away from, and I quote, being in the hunt. Potentially out of a playoff spot entirely. Legitimately, one game separates them from all the people that are looking to get into the playoffs. One game. We're talking about a football game today or yesterday, if you're listening to this on Monday. I'm just going to say it. It was over after the first possession by the by the Indianapolis Colts. The Buffalo Bills gave up their first touchdown on a first possession by an opponent for the very first time in 21 games. They had the longest streak in the NFL. They had not allowed a first possession touchdown by their opponent in 20 games straight. That streak ended today. And oh, by the way, when that touchdown was scored by a name that every member of Bill's Mafia now knows, he will live in folklore. When it was scored by Jonathan Taylor, the game was over. The Colts never looked back, and the Bills had, frankly, nothing to potentially even get them remotely close to being back in this football game. I had the Buffalo Bills at 13 and three. That was my, or thir- I'm sorry, 14 and three. That was my prediction this year. The Buffalo Bills were going to be 14 and three. They are already at four losses. I don't know where that puts us at this point because their schedule, and we're going to get, we're going to get to that in a moment is rather, I don't want to say daunting, but it's not great. Their next five games, games, their next five opponents are a little bit scary. And I think the hard part about this football game is if you lose this game by one score, if you lose this game by one possession, if this is a 24 to 21 game, if it's a 27 to 24 game, if it's a 21 to 17 game, if it's a 24 to 17 game or 21 to 14 game, it's a completely different conversation than what we are now talking about the embarrassment that what the Buffalo Bills trotted out onto that football field and looked completely outmatched, out-physicaled, out-game-planned, out-coached, out-pick your word. Whatever your word is, it fits right here as it pertains to the landscape of the NFL. The Buffalo Bills were. They were completely blank by the Colts today. And the hard part about it is if the Buffalo Bills go come out of this game losing to the Colts by less than one possession or a possession, we're having a difficult com- or a different conversation, not a difficult, but a very different conversation. All they had to do was make the Colts one-dimensional. Sean McDermott said, and he said many times that the Buffalo Bills, their job on defense is to make the opposing team one-dimensional. Boy, did they do that today. The Colts were very much one-dimensional. That dimension was Jonathan Taylor. 
it's almost as if they came into this game like, you know what? We're going to do our very best to shut down Carson Wentz because we're really, you know, we're concerned about Carson Wentz as a quarterback coming into Highmark Stadium. We're going to let Jonathan Taylor do whatever he wants because Carson Wentz is the guy that we want to stop. It was, it was, it was ridiculous. Even when they knew he was going to run at them, even when Quentin Nelson was out of the football game, even when the game was over, Jonathan Taylor is ripping off runs. And somehow, because this is the hobby that I've chosen, I have to make sense of all of this. I have no answers. I have no silver lining. I'm going to be honest and straight with you, and a lot of people are not going to like what I have to say. And frankly, there are Bills players that listen to this podcast. I know it to be true. This is a mediocre football team. This is a mediocre football team. That's it. That's what I've got for you. A season where the expectations for this game, or I should say this team, this franchise, were Super Bowl or bust. It looks at this point like bust. Like bust. I got another super chat. Brian Bowers getting ahead of me a little bit, but I love you, dude. You are always welcome on this show. Wentz had 106 passing yards, shaking my head. Stack the effing box and force Wentz to beat you. This isn't rocket science. I'm going to get there, but just to tease you a little bit, the Buffalo Bills went into a football game against the Indianapolis Colts with a very subpar, insufficient quarterback and played a nickel 4-2 the entire football game against the number one running back in the NFL. Think about that for a second. They never moved out of their nickel 4-2. Do you know what the nickel 4-2 is? The nickel 4-2 is a four-down lineman, two-linebacker, five-defensive back set that is generally saved by most teams for third-and-long type situations. First down and 10, Jonathan Taylor lined up on the other side of the offensive line the Bills are in a nickel 4-2. He's ripping off eight-yard runs. He had three 10-yard runs or something like that in the first quarter. Nickel 4-2. The Bills didn't even think twice about maybe even moving out of it. Should we move out of the nickel 4-2? Well, it is Jonathan Taylor. I know it's Jonathan Taylor, but you know what? We're only missing Star Latulale and Tremaine Edmonds. Why don't we just stay in the nickel 4-2? Because... That's who we are, and that's what we do best. 185 yards rush, rushing yards later, 200 rushing yards on the ground. Total plus the nickel 4-2 didn't work. Leslie Frazier, Sean McDermott. Brian, thank you for that super chat. I'm going to get to that a little bit more in a minute. I think the hardest part about this football game is two weeks ago, there was literally nothing good to talk about. And I am beyond thankful that I was in Mexico with my beautiful wife of 20 years. 
and I didn't have to do a show. I didn't have to do an overreaction podcast to talk about the biggest egg the Buffalo Bills had laid in many years against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Then last week, there was nothing bad to talk about. The Buffalo Bills went out and they trounced a New York Jets football team, and I'm the guy. I'm the guy that literally said, is it a is it a, is it a bounce back game? Is it a get right game if you're playing the Jets? Or is it a get right game if you play a good opponent and beat them? I'm the guy that asked that question. But the Bills went out and they 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 slaughtered the freaking New York Jets who are a horrible football team, probably one of the worst coached football teams in it, like in the league and oh by the way, I like Robert Sala. One of the worst coached teams in the league. They go out and they destroy the Jets. Two weeks ago, Jaguars, awful. Last week, Jets, amazing. Nothing good to say two weeks ago. Nothing bad to say last week. This week, it's deja vu all all over again with seemingly the worst loss against the Jaguars, or or, uh, I should say a worse loss, loss than against the Jaguars. This loss against the Colts at home in front of a sellout crowd in your own building, losing the way that you did, when all you've got to do is stop Jonathan Taylor, you lose the way that you did, giving up four touchdowns to the man, five total. This loss is worse. This loss is worse. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're tuned into this show for the first time, I'm sorry. The funny thing about this show is it's a little bit of a, it's a play on words. As much as it's titled the overreaction postgame show, I don't generally overreact. I generally kind of find the middle ground and I talk about the good and I talk about the bad, but I don't have a lot of good to say. So if you're looking for the silver lining, if you're in the comment section right now and you're talking about, you know, the Buffalo Bills are good or the Buffalo Bills, you know, things I'm still on the band. I'm on the wagon too. I'm a Bills. I'm a, I'm a season ticket holder. I've been since 1997. I'm not going anywhere. But at the end of the day, this game, this the, what we saw on this football field has to be talked about in the context of which we saw. So if, you, if you're looking for a silver lining, you're going to have to find a different show. I don't, I don't know what to tell you other than that. If you're looking for an opportunity to process. If you're looking for an opportunity for somebody to tell you the things that you felt on the couch when you watched this football game, you're in the right spot. We got another super chat from Autumn RE. Thank you for the super chat. Thank you for being a part of the show. Feels like the Bills checked out after the Chiefs game. I I can't I can't disagree. I don't think it's true, but I can't disagree. The flow and the uh, the way this game, the, the way this podcast, the way this show is going to go is going to be a little bit different. And there's a whole bunch of you in here, and I appreciate every single one of you looking for me to try to make sense of this, and I can't. All I'm going to do is bring you the angst, the energy, the pissed offness, the embarrassment that we all felt. And I'm going to start by saying this. Josh Allen in his press conference, post-game press conference, and I'm the guy that said, I tweeted out, 
at about the middle of the fourth quarter, we can just cancel the press conferences because I don't need to hear about how we're going to tip the hat to the Colts. I don't need to hear about how they had a great game plan. I don't need to hear about how we got to look at the film. We're going to put this game behind us. I don't need to hear, you know, that like we got to be better and it starts with me. I don't need any of that BS fed to me. You went out on the football field and you played like garbage, hot garbage. Just say that. Be honest with yourself for half a second and say, you know what, Mr. Press Guy, Mr. I get paid full time to do like write reports and articles. I'm going to tell you the truth. We sucked. I didn't prepare enough. I'm a little entitled. I'm not good enough. I didn't play good enough. I didn't study well enough. They kicked the shit out of us today. I'm not happy. A couple super chats for you. My guy, Jeff King, she's right. We got our, I don't know who she is, but uh, we got our nut off on the cheese. Oh, I think that was the last one, the last super chat. It seems like Jeff King is saying, and and so is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, as I scroll back a little bit, Autumn is saying, that our Super Bowl was against the Chiefs. It's hard. It's hard to de- to deny that at this point. Sharon uh, Briandi says, and Sharon, thank you for being just a, a, a great follow of mine. Thank you for being a, just a great contributor of my show. Super chat. Coaching matters. They didn't set us up to win. Offense play calling and no adjustments. Everything was compounded by Josh Josh's performance. Wide receiver drops. McKenzie fumbles. Thanks, Joe, for being truthful. Sharon, the only thing that you're missing are the penalties. Continued penalties by this freaking football team. Lack of discipline, stupid penalties. I was getting to Josh Allen's post-game press conference where he said, you know what, this isn't who we are. Well, first of all, Josh, it's great because you've said that three other times this year. And Josh, I love you. I've got one of your jerseys. I'm more than excited that you are a Buffalo Bill. You are Buffalo. You are one of us. But at some point in time, you've got to look yourself in the mirror and go, maybe this is who we are. This isn't who we are. Yes, it is. Penalties out physical again on the offensive line and the defensive line, poor execution, bad play calling, lack of preparation, overall lack of urgency by an entire football team, not just one phase of it, not by the necessarily by the special teams, not necessarily by just the defense or maybe just the offense, the entire football team lacked urgency, lacked preparation, Bad play calling, poor execution, out physicaled everywhere on the t- on the field, and oh by the way, let's top it off with continued ridiculous penalties. This is who you are. Super chats are coming in hot tonight. Diplex sheet says penalties will kill us. We play two great defensive downs and make a stop when we need to. I know exactly the series that you're talking about. Uh, They make the stop on third down, and then just give them a free first down. That's exactly what happened, and it's annoying as crap. Sharon Brandy with another super chat. Penalties, I ran out of room. Oh, gotcha. So she was tagging out of her last super chat. 
which I'm going back to, which, uh, thanks. Uh, yeah, 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 gotcha. She just, she was just throwing the penalties in there. <clears throat> Excuse me. The last comment penalties as well. And it's still up. Hang on a second. I got to back up. Gone. So I'm going to say it this way. The Buffalo bills have problems and this show is going to go a little bit different. We're already 23 minutes in. We're already 23 minutes in. The Buffalo Bills have problems. I'm going to say it. This is a flawed football team. The Bills won't say it. 99.9% of the content creators, both professional and hobbyist like myself, won't say it. This is a flawed football team. A lot of them are going to tell you that this was a bad game. It was a bad showing. Some of them are going to tell you that it was just, they didn't execute. Oh, they the Buffalo Bills, they just didn't execute. If they had executed better, they would have won this game or they could have played better. Maybe they hadn't, they wouldn't have won, but if they had executed, it would have gone better. This is a flawed football team. Flawed. And I'm going to give you the areas that I feel that they have shown to us that they are flawed. Getting back to Josh's comment, This isn't who we are, Josh. It's who you are right now. It's not who you have to be. If there's a positive from what I'm going to tell everybody that's watching this program right now, I'm telling you right now, this isn't who you have to be. You don't have to finish the season this way. But right now, this is who you are. Are you ready? The Buffalo Bills have a problem with physicality. Four things. The first one, the Buffalo Bills have a problem with physicality. They lack fight, especially in the trenches. Now, I'm not talking about when they play against garbage football teams like the New York Jets. Sometimes they play garbage football teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars and they lack fight. But if you're going to try to come at me right now with like, no, 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 Joe, they, they they actually, they do well against teams. Like they got fight against some teams. What the Jets? Arguably, as we've already kind of talked about, one of the worst coached football teams in the NFL. Like you're going to tell me they got fight against that team. No, what I'm talking about is when a team can punch them in the face and does the Bills lack fight in the trenches. When football teams' opponents get physical with them, they crumble. The Steelers, the Titans, the Jaguars, and now the Colts. This is the blueprint right now to beat this football team. The Buffalo Bills, the team that that we love right now and we've been in love with because they're social media darlings and the Buffalo Bills media team is undefeated, and I tweeted that this week. Like, we love the the Buffalo Bills social media, and it's great, and it's a lot of fun. The Buffalo Bills want to dance on Wednesday. They want to dance on Thursday. They want to dance on Friday in front of the cameras. They want to play catch on Sunday with the fans in pregame while doing photo ops. It's theater. It's legitimately, right now, theater for this football team. They've read the press clippings. The Buffalo Bills are Super Bowl contenders. The Buffalo Bills are favored to go to the Super Bowl. The Buffalo Bills have a quarterback who is going to be the MVP of this season. Like Josh Allen is the rainy or the, the, the potential MVP for the, the NFL. They've read that press. They like, that's us. We're those guys. 
We did we them boys. We hear it every single time in pregame. We them boys. We them boys. We them guys that are going to the Super Bowl. We don't even got to play this game. We're going to dance in front of the camera. We're going to play catch with the fans. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to like like slap hands and work on our handshakes. You know what the Patriots are doing right now? They're working on how to beat the Buffalo Bills. You know what the Bills are going to do tomorrow after they watch this film? They're going to work on a handshake. We're going to come up with a new handshake for the next touchdown we we have. And you know what the Patriots are going to do when they face this Buffalo Bills team? They're going to punch him in the freaking face. And the Bills are going to crumble. There is a gigantic, monumental difference between loose and sloppy. Between ready to play, calm, and completely undisciplined. And generally speaking, it will show up in the win and loss column. And oh, by the way, it is. I'm sorry. This is not a fun podcast for you to listen to. If you don't like it, turn it turn it off. I don't care. You're not going to hurt my feelings. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you how I freaking feel right now. I'm not happy. You shouldn't be either. The Bills are a flawed football team. The first section is physicality. You want to know what the second one is? Scheme and philosophy. Scheme and philosophy. The Buffalo Bills seem to be playing with a completely different coaching philosophy. Philosophy. This year, sorry, I'm out of breath. Versus 2020-21 or 2021 or 20, sorry. They're playing with a different philosophy this year, 2021 versus 2020, and it's not great. For some reason, we've all of a sudden gotten super conservative. I don't know what's going on, but it, it's not it's not fun to watch. They look like a completely different football team. I have I love Sean McDermott. Sean, if you you're not watching this show, if one of your family members is or a friend or I love you. I think I want to see you coach the Buffalo Bills for the next 15 to 20. I want to see you retire as an NFL head coach, having coached the Bills for 25 or 30 years. But I've seen you look confused more times this year than I have probably every year that you've coached the Bills combined. It's been strange. And the philosophy this year, I don't know what is going on between last year when all of the chips were seemingly in the middle of the table. You know what? We're going to do whatever we got to do to win. We're a thousand percent in. We're going to take every risk. We're going to put the game completely on Josh Allen's arm. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to throw caution to the wind to this year. You know what? It's fourth and five and we're down by three freaking possessions and we're going to kick a field goal. What is going on at one Bills drive in Highmark Stadium. We've already talked about it because of a super chat that came through from Brian Bowers who nailed it on the freaking head. The Buffalo Bills played nickel defense all day long against Jonathan Taylor. Right now, the best running back in the NFL. What are you going to do against the best running back in the NFL? Are you going to stack the box? It seems like every other team in the NFL would stack the box. No, we're not going to stack the box. We're going to play nickel. Wait, isn't that a defense used for third and long, like third and 12, third and 17, third and eight? 
because the offense is clearly in a passing down. Yes, that is a defense that's used for a clear passing down situation, but we're smarter than that. We're going to outthink them. We're going to play nickel defense first down, second down, third down. Well, why are you playing nickel defense on third down when it's third and two? Because he gained eight yards on first down. I don't know. That's just what we do. Isn't it cool? No, it's not cool. It sucked. And you got your asses kicked because of it. The best running back in the freaking NFL. And oh, by by the way, probably the best backup running back in Naheem Hines. You played nickel defense all day long. What is going on with the philosophy of this football team? How about this one? I haven't seen 57 AJ Epinesa or 50 Greg Rousseau in weeks. Have you? Have you seen Epinesa or Rousseau show up at all in the last couple weeks? There's a problem on this football team. This football team is flawed. And then I don't know what happened with Mario Addison. They, of course, conveniently didn't show a replay, but Mario Addison dives into the legs of Carson Wentz about a half an hour after the play. Was he pushed? I don't know. You tell me. I couldn't see it. I wasn't at the game. I would love if somebody in the comments section was at the game could tell me, yes, he was pushed. Because right now, all that it looks like is it was just a dumb freaking penalty that lines up with the list of dumb freaking penalties that this football team takes. And let's just be honest, not just losing games, in all the games. Jessica Tennis coming with the super chat. Thank you, Jessica, for being a part of the show. In my opinion, this team has not gotten better since training camp. They're no longer hungry. Happy with all the media love. This, this football team is full of media darlings. From the quarterback to the kick returner, they love the media. They're more concerned with Halloween costumes. I don't know that that part is true. Because the Bills have always made a big deal about Halloween. However, I would say this. Every member of this football team loves the media. You're on point, Jessica. I haven't seen 57 in 15 weeks. This is what we do know. We do know as it pertains to this section of flawed scheme and philosophy we know that at week at game 10 week 11 this defense struggles against a dominant running football team this football team struggles against a dominant running football team and oh by the way scheme maybe running a nickel four two has something to do with it maybe brian bowers with the super chat brother i appreciate you so much you have no idea joe i've got a big sneaker addiction but I still got to throw you this 50 for keeping it real. You're bringing the fire. I, I'm just, <laughs> this is not going to be a popular podcast. If, if, if you're looking for a silver lining, you came to the wrong place. Brian, I love you, bro. Thank you for that. My wife, thanks you for that. My family, thanks you for that. This is a hobby. And a super chat like that makes a difference in my life. And this is where Brian Bowers was all over it. So before the show began, we were chatting about a half hour, 15 minutes before the show started. We were in the comment section chatting because you can do that. You can actually jump in and chat early. 
Brian said this very statement that's in my notes. So, Brian, perk up, brother, because I said to you this was in my notes. If one missing player, Starla Tulele, changes the entire execution of this defense and they're re reluctant to adjust, we have a serious serious problem we cannot as a football team be in a situation where star missing from this defense causes us to play the way that we played or spencer brown missing from this offense causes us to play the way that we play on offense it just can't be that way and if you need a sample size how about all of the last or how about all of last year as it pertains to star and the last two games this defense was not good last year with star without star latula they have not been good the last two games without Starla Tulele. One player cannot mean that much to your defense or offense unless they have a name like Khalil Mack or like, I digress. I. It's frustrating. I don't understand the reluctance to adjust I don't understand the reluctance to adjust to what you've got in front of you. We're going to stand pat. We're going to stay true to our scheme, to our game plans, as if all of our starters when were in the game when they're not. I don't understand it. Tremaine Edmonds and Starla Tulele were out for this football game, and you ran a nickel 5-2 all game long against Jonathan Taylor, the number one running back in the NFL. It's maddening. What the hell were they thinking? This was the, the, this is the game plan. And somebody read it. McDermott, Leslie Frazier got the game plan from their assistant coaches. And we're like, this looks good. Let's do this. What? How about an offense? How about an offense when we're talking about scheme and philosophy just for a minute? I claimed weeks ago that they had no identity on offense and people ran me, especially on Twitter. Do you see how many points they're scoring as an offense? And I was like, it's an aberration. It's not real. They're scoring 32 points a game, but does it look like they're an offense that can score 32 points a game at will? Deion Dawkins was asked in his press conference, are you ready for this? Deion Dawkins was asked in his press conference, what is the identity of this Buffalo Bills offense and he said, we're a great team, and we're starting to run the ball better. We just had to do more today. And then he said, we're going to flush this loss and move on to the, the Saints. Translate. I'll trans. I'll give you Joe speak. He had no answer. I don't know what the, the identity of my offense is. We, we're starting to run the ball better with the third string running back. We're starting to run the ball better. Hey, Dion, what is the identity of your offense? Well, we're starting to run the ball better with Matt Breida, who's been inactive almost the entire season except for the first game when he was ineffective. He had no answer. There was no answer because the players on this offense don't know what their identity is. I'm not sure there's a connection between what the coaching staff wants out of them versus what they think they're really good at. They don't know, in my opinion, what they're trying to do either. Spin says, we ran the ball great today. You need to watch a different football game because Brita 
<laughs> Breida was the number one running back. He had 51 yards or something like that, and 28 of them came on one run. They did not run the ball great today. You just can't play NFL football where you're missing one player on offense and one player on defense. And if you're missing one of those guys, the wheels completely come off. Yet here we are. You just can't do it. Talent and execution. Part three of the whole, this is a flawed football team. Talent and execution. Continuity. If Chris Jenke was in the comments section, and he might be, he would tell you that I did an entire podcast on continuity. I don't know that I'm a believer in continuity. At least I wasn't back then. I can tell you right now, I'm out. Continuity is crap. I've been told my whole entire life that continuity matters. And you know what? Four years or five years with this defensive coordinator, four or five years with this offensive coordinator, same quarterback, same guy, same people all over the football field. It doesn't matter. You know why it doesn't matter? Because somehow they got to tweak and they got to change. And they got to like continue to press and push these players into a position where they can't execute the plays that they're trying to call. I'm out. I'm out on continuity. Unless, unless somebody can, can give me a convincing argument theoretically and philosophically, I can't find any reason that continuity going forward for the rest of my entire life matters because it doesn't. It just doesn't. Talent and execution. Josh Allen, at this point in time, I'm going to say it. You might want to mute whatever device. If, if there's a time to turn this podcast off, it's right now. If you haven't turned it off yet, now is the time. Turn it off. Because I'm going to say something that none of you want to hear. Josh Allen is not an, an, an MVP candidate. Josh Allen is not an MVP candidate, at least not right now. Right now, Josh Allen is absolutely 1,000%. If there was a football game that he should have put his team on his back and willed it to win, this was the game. But, Joe, the defense didn't play. I know the defense didn't even pretty much show up. Whether you want to talk about scheme, whether you want to talk about philosophy, if you want to talk about execution, if you want to talk about the players, the defense didn't show up. But Josh Allen is the leader of this football team, and that's what MVP means. My guy, Jeff King. <laughs> Jeff King asks me, how's that Jameson tasting tonight? Well, sir, I'm drinking Buffalo Trace this evening, and uh, it's helping. It's helping. My guy, Jay Spence, the king, my bestie, my brother from another mother. Jay Spence, I love you. Everybody everybody in the comment section in the chat knows it, but I'm just going to confirm it. I love you, first of all. Second, he says, this year, Josh Allen is not the MVP. He says, Joe is bringing the fire. Josh Allen is not, at this point, an MVP candidate. Again, he sat in front of the presser and he said, this is not who we are. There is a point. There's a point after several samples and examples where the picture becomes clear. You can take one puzzle piece and you can stick it on the table and you're like, I'm not sure what that is. And I don't think this represents what every what this picture is going to be about. But the reality is, is as you get 10 games into a season, the picture becomes clear. This is the part. Josh, I love you. 
I love you, Josh Allen. Josh, I love you. There is not a quarterback in the NFL that I would rather have behind the center at Highmark Stadium than you. I want you to play every single down of your entire NFL career as a Buffalo Bill. I want my grandkids to buy Josh Allen jerseys. This is what I'm, I, I'm sorry that I got to tell you right now, this is who you are. This is a big part of who you guys are as a football team. You are flawed. And I don't know where it's coming from, but there is a come to Jesus meeting coming that you guys need to have to discover how you're going to get out of this mess. Pamela with the super chat. You guys are on fire with the chats tonight. This may sound stupid, but it's like the passion is gone. We're talking about urgency. Pamela, what you're missing from this freaking football team is urgency. They have none. I'm going to talk about it in a second. Like Jessica said, they don't seem hungry. What happened and how do we get that back? We can't. Only they can. The Buffalo Bills, when you're when you're talking about this section, right? We're talking about talent and execution. The Buffalo Bills, Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, put their money on guys. Are you ready? They put their money on guys like Vernon Butler, Cody Ford, Isaiah McKenzie, and Zach Moss, and their bets have been called, and they've gotten beaten. You think for a moment with guys like Josh Allen, Tremaine Edmonds, uh, Tredavious White, and and uh, sorry, Hyde and Poyer, uh, Stephon Diggs, that those names wouldn't matter. Butler, Ford, McKenzie, Moss wouldn't matter. They do. The Buffalo Bills thought that those guys would be sufficient, and they were wrong. They're not. I would tell you this. I, I've, I've seen enough of Zach Moss behind this offensive line. Zach Moss is probably a fine player. And I'm going to get to this in a second, but I don't need to see Zach Moss run to the back of another offensive lineman. I don't need to see it. I, I, I don't think Zach Moss is the problem. I'm not saying that. But if there's a if there's a guy between the three that we're seeing, Breed, a Singletary, and Moss, that isn't cutting the mustard, it's him. And I will say this as well. I don't think this loss today was on the offensive line. It was not on the offensive line. The offensive line wasn't great. But the offensive line also didn't give up five touchdowns to Jonathan Taylor. Offensively speaking, this football game could have been, should have been potentially a shootout. This game was on Brian Dable and Josh Allen. I'm sorry. Jeff came with another super chat. Thank you, bro, for being a part of the show. You know I love you. Appreciate the truth. Thank you. There's a lot of work to be done, and it's not in the game prep. It's in better drafts and better free agency. And better and better trades. You're talking about a, a, a team that stood pat at the at the trade deadline and didn't go get any offensive linemen. There's offensive linemen out there right now that are better than Cody Ford, Ike Butker, and Bobby Hart. And the Buffalo Bills signed Bobby Hart to this roster. There's guys out there right now that are better than those guys, and they signed Bobby Hart. Brian Dable, I don't I don't know how old. I don't know how old everybody that's watching me is right now, but I used to lose my mind 10, 15 years ago when J.P. Lossman was the quarterback of this football team. And if you remember, 
Lossman had a beautiful deep rainbow. He could throw the rainbow like nobody. We saw it against the Texans. I don't remember what year it was. Somebody in the chat probably does. He threw the two 83-yard bombs to, to Lee Evans. And then immediately what teams did defensively is they, they, they basically sucked down on them and they ran a cover two shell. And here we sit a decade later in the same situation. Brian Dable can't scheme this offense to beat a cover two shell. We've got one of the best quarterbacks in the league. We've got the deepest wide receiver room in the entire NFL. And we're living in shades of JP Lossman standing at the podium post game going, well, we wanted to run some deep plays. We wanted to score some touchdowns, but they were in a cover two shell the whole game. And there was nothing we could do. That's literally where we are right now. We it's, it's date. I said it earlier, deja vu all over again. We can't beat the Tampa two, the cover two shell. The 4-3 with two deep safeties. Buffalo Bills, Brian Dable can't beat it. Nothing we can do. And I'm not going to tell you that a lot of that problem isn't because our running game absolutely is atrocious because it is, and that's a big part of the problem. But this is... <sighs> talent and execution. And execution, oh, by the way, isn't just the players. Execution is a big part of the offensive coordinator. As it pertains to Zach Moss behind this offensive line, again, I like Zach Moss. However, great players make other players better. Listen to me. And sure, great running backs can be found late. Alvin Kamara came late, right? Fourth round pick. But stop kidding yourselves, Mafia, with this idea that these guys are good enough. Singletary's good enough. Breida's good enough. Moss is good enough. We don't need to spend draft capital. We don't need to go spend money on a running back. These guys are not good enough. If the line was better, if the offensive line, if these, if if Singletary, Zach Moss, Matt Breida were running behind the Colts offensive line, they would be better running backs. But they're not running behind that offensive line. They're running behind a piece of crap offensive line. The Buffalo Bills need a dynamic running back who can make the line better. It's one or the other. You don't get both. LaDainian Tomlinson is one of the greatest running backs who's ever played the football game or played football. It's not because his offensive line was the best offensive line ever. It's because he made that offensive line better. The only situation where you had a great, that I can remember, a great running back and a great offensive line was probably Emmett Smith and that early 90s Dallas Cowboys offensive line. That offensive line was amazing. Emmett Smith was amazing. And they trucked people all the time. Generally speaking, you've got a guy like Barry Sanders, who's amazing, playing in front of a bunch of guys that aren't that good, making them look better, or vice versa. You've got a great offensive line, making a running back look better. These guys aren't good enough behind this offensive line. If you want to keep these guys, get me a different offensive line. Or get me a different offensive line. It's just not working. It's not working. The show might take forever. Talent and execution. How about the defense? Carson Wentz rolled into Highmark Stadium. Threw 11 for 20 passes, right around 50%. For 106 yards and walked out with a 40-burger.
Your Buffalo Bills are getting outmatched and outworked a lot this season when the chips are on the table. This Buffalo Bills team may have great talent and they may have great coaching. Listen to me. This Buffalo Bills team may have great talent and they may have great coaching, but at this point they are overrated and they're overconfident. And I don't I don't know that they've gotten the message yet, but God, I hope they have. They're not as good as they think they are. Jeff King back in the show. Super chat. Listen, Barry Sanders ran behind the shittiest line ever, but he got it done. It's true. It's true. The last section that I have for you as it pertains to this Buffalo Bills being flawed, and I did not mean for this section, this opening section that I have to take this long. I don't even know that I'm going to get the rest of it, so we'll see what happens. This ends up being a two-hour podcast. It ends up being a two-hour podcast. Situational and game awareness. This is part number four. What are we watching on Sundays? I'm so freaking confused. Watching the aggressiveness of this coaching staff, believing in their football team last year was a thing of beauty after 20 years of garbage football. Today, Sean McDermott down by three possessions. I don't even know, four possessions. Fourth and five in the third quarter. Tries to kick a field goal. I need I need somebody to sit at a podium and explain that to me because it makes zero sense. The game was over. We're going to kick a field goal. And he missed it. How about this one? Situational game awareness. I don't, this is perplexing. And I know that analytics are a big part of football and I'm not a statistician. I'm not an analytics guy. I'm not that smart. More than three times. I don't know how many of you have caught this more than three times this year. And I'm going to try to explain this the best way that I can. Sean McDermott has declined a penalty to make it first and long, which means that whoever they're playing uh, had a first down play, lost two yards, lost three yards, lost four yards on first down. It happened today. Uh, the Colts ran a play. They lost four yards on first down. There was a holding penalty. Instead of McDermott making it first and 20, he declines the penalty and makes it second and 14. Even the referees are like, bro, are you sure about this? Because that's not what's supposed to happen. You're supposed to take the penalty and make it first and 20. He's done it three or four times this season. It's it's not It hasn't worked once. Every single time he's made it second and a little bit longer versus first and 20 or first and whatever, it's bit him in the butt. He They've converted the first down every single time. Even the refs question him. Watch the game back. The ref is like, you want the penalty, right? You want us to move him back. He asked him like three times, you want to move him back, right? You, you want to move them back. And then the ref comes out and is like, holding whatever number it was, penalties declined. Second 14. What happens on the very next play? They convert the first down. I don't get it. I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand what they're trying to accomplish. How about this one? When the game is settling in, there's just an, a defiance to adjust from who they want to be or who they should be. It's the, de the definition of madness, and it goes back to that 4-2 that nickel crap. Untimely, undisciplined penalties. And I told you I was going to talk about this when it comes to game situations and situational football. This football team, this Bills coaching staff, and these players lack a sense of urgency. I've said it all 
season long. There's an entitled, seemingly entitled feeling of there's plenty of time for someone to make a play mentality versus I'm the guy that needs to make a play right now on every single down. We've seen it from Jordan Poyer several times this year where he has gone out like a man on a mission. However, we need it from 11 guys, every single snap, every single down of every single game, and we're just not getting it. We're just not getting it. The Buffalo Bills are 6-4, and and their upcoming opponents, oh, by the way, it gets worse, are, are you ready? The New Orleans Saints on Thanksgiving Day, they're 5-4. and four. The New England Patriots on Monday Night Football, they're 7-4. and four. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, after that, they're 6-3. and three. The Panthers are 5-5, five and five, and then we see the Patriots one more time, again, 7-4. and four. How confident are, are you from what you've seen? How, how confident are you from what you've seen from this football team that they're going to go into this stretch of Saints, Patriots, Bucks, Panthers, Patriots, and they're going to come out with a winning record from that? A team that is one game away from being in the hunt, no longer a playoff team. Well, let me give you some information. The Saints have a guy behind their offensive line called Alvin Kamara. Last time I checked, I'm a believer that Alvin Kamara is probably more dangerous as a running back than Jonathan Taylor. The Patriots, 7-4, they've got a run game. And oh, by the way, they're a football team that's going to punch you in the face, a team that's not as physical and crumbles under physicality. They're going to punch you in the face and they're going to get away with it. The refs are going to let them do it. The Bucs are six and three. Have you heard of the guy named Tom Brady? Panthers five and five, Cam Newton. Are we talking about physicality and what this football team does against other teams that are physical against them? Cam Newton. Really? I'm not a Cam fan. I'm not a Cam believer. But one thing Cam is, is he's physical. And then, oh, one more time, the Patriots. How confident? How confident are you? Because I'm not super confident right now. I'm going to give you the story of this game, and then I'll let you go. I'll, I'll do the dude awards. I'm not going to read the tweets tonight. We're almost at an hour already. The story of this football game for me. I might hit some stats. This, this thing might keep going. I'm sorry. The Buffalo Bills, the story of this game for me is this. So all of that was the preamble to the story. The story of the game is completely separate from what I just talked about, which was the Bills are a flawed football team, which is probably a show in, in and of itself outside of this post-game show, but I've got a lot of angst right now. The Buffalo Bills continue to fail to take advantage of league ups and downs. They can't handle being the hunted. That is the story of this game. We hear them talk about it all the time, that it's one game at a time, that we're we're 1-0 or we're 0-1 and and the next game, the most important game is the next game. Don't think for a second that these guys don't know the importance of the game or the importance of this game with the Pats breathing down their necks. They knew how important this football game was. They knew, and they still went out and laid a freaking egg on the football field. If the Buff, I'm just, I'm going to wrap it in a shell for you, or I'm going to wrap it in a nice little package. If the Bills win this football game today against the Colts, they're in control of the AFC East, and with the Titans loss that happened, 
They're in striking distance of the number one seed once again. With what we think is a beatable Saints team coming up, Trevor Simeon is the quarterback, on a short week. That was the situation. What did they do? They got their butts handed to them at home in front of, in front of a capacity crowd to not only lose first place in the AFC East, to put the number one seed almost completely out of reach and put themselves in a position that if they lose on Thanksgiving Day next week, they're probably out of the playoffs and in the hunt. That's the reality of the situation. That's the reality. I'm going to give you my due to words and then I'm going to let you guys go. It's been an hour. And the reality is, is people, when they, when they, when they load up podcasts, if they see that it's generally more than 35 minutes, they won't listen to it. And an hour is about the max that we normally go. And I don't want to go much longer than that. So if you're still hanging on, if you're listening to this on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, something like that, you're still hanging on one of the couple thousand people are going to listen to this as a Buffalo rumblings podcast. Thank you for hanging in with me. Due to wards. For those of you that aren't familiar with the due to wards. Ah, crap. That's not true. I need to, I need to give you this. Do I need to give you the stats? Probably not. Right. It's abysmal. Carson Wentz, 11 for 2106. Jonathan Taylor, 32 carries 185 yards, four touchdowns. Naheem Hines, four for 31, four for 31. Receiving, we'll just talk about Jonathan Taylor, three for 19 in a touchdown. He had five touchdowns on the day. The Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen was 21 of 35 for 209. <laughs> MVP, MVP, 21 of 35 for 209 in a game where you're getting pummeled and destroyed. If there's a game that Josh Allen should have thrown for 500 yards, it was this one, 209 yards. Matt Breida, the Bills ran the ball good today. That's what somebody said. Matt Breida is your leading ball carrier, 5 of 51 for 10 yards a carry because of one run that was like 28 yards long. Zach Moss, 3 for 5, 1.7. Your leading receiver, Dawson Knox, 6 catches, 80 yards. Overall stats, the Buffalo Bills had 307 yards, total yards to the Colts, 370, pretty much Three-quarters of that was Jonathan Taylor. Passing yards, 106 to 216. Rushing yards, 264 to 91. The Bills ran the ball well today. 91 yards. The Bills ran the ball well today. 91 yards. The Bills had 19 first downs. The Colts, 28. The Bills were 5 and 10 on first on third down uh, conversions. It's just garbage. Due to awards, I'm done with the stats. I'm not, I'm not talking about the freaking stats anymore. A joke. Due to wars, I'm gonna let you guys go. No reading of the tweets tonight. If you want to read them, go to the overreaction buff uh Twitter handle. You can read them right there. There's a lot of good stuff there. I apologize to anybody that's waiting to hear the tweet get read. This show is just going really, really long. It's my fault. I apologize. Not really. I'm mad. Due to wards. So this is how the due to wards work. Guys do arrow up, arrow down. They do three stars, no stars, whatever. I do the dude award. So if somebody did good, then I give them the dude award. They played really well. Or they did good. If they didn't do good, then I give them the dude award, meaning they didn't play well. 
My first dude award goes to, believe it or not, the offensive line. They were not amazing. They were not tremendous. However, they did play well enough considering the, you know, what they were handed and what they had to deal with with Spencer Brown being out. Dude, you guys did okay. You were workable. We could have worked with the offensive line that we were given today. So my first dude award goes to the offensive line. My second one, Matt Breida. Matt Breida, I see you, young man. If there's a dude that should be uh, getting more carries and should be finding and working his way to the starter as a running back on this offense and behind this offensive line, it is Matt Breida. Yes, he's going to get stuffed a couple times a game. Yes, he's potentially going to fumble, which so do Singletary and Moss. Yes, he's a little bit of a wild card, but he's really fast. And defenses have a hard time with him. If he gets on the edge, we saw it today, he can get a lot of chunk yardage. Matt Breida, dude, you played well. I see you keep playing well. My last dude award, my last dude award goes to the mafia. That's right. Bill's mafia. My last dude award goes to 70, 72,000 of you that were at the stadium today who hung in, in the rain, in the cold, loud and proud until about the middle of the third quarter. There was a point where I think that the, the Colts were up by two or three possessions. And I was surprised at how loud the crowd was because the, the mafia was with them. The bills let them down today. They let them down. Due to war goes to the mafia. Pamadonna in with the super chat. She wants me to read the tweets. You need to read the tweets. Mine was really good. But just remember something. 1992 Bills were 11 and 5 and still went to the Super Bowl. The Buffalo Bills also went to the Super Bowl as a wild card team in 1993. John Fina, who's in the chat, was a part of that football team. Not many teams actually make it to the Super Bowl as a wild card. I think only one team that has actually won the Super Bowl as a wild card is the New England Patriots. That's not what this year is about, Pamela. The Buffalo Bills are Super Bowl contenders, Super Bowl favorites with a expected MVP as a quarterback. I'm not saying this season is over, but it's not looking great. My dude awards, maybe I'll read the tweets. We got a couple minutes. Dude. Dude. Sean McDermott, you get my first dude award. This team is not disciplined and it's not prepared. And you talk to us, and I'm a leadership guy, and I love that you're a leadership guy. You talk to us about all of these hard conversations you're having. And when they only work for one game against a very bad Jets team, I'm telling you right now, Sean, the conversations aren't working. You're not getting through to them. My next dude award goes to the defense, the entire unit. I don't need to say anything else besides that. Dude, be better. And then my last dude award goes to Isaiah McKenzie. I learned something today. Yay for learning things. What did I learn today? I learned that the, the ground can cause a fumble. That fumble happened by Isaiah McKenzie. And I'm sitting there going, the ground can't cause a fumble. I look at McKenna. McKenna, the ground can't cause a fumble. This ball is going to come back. The, the ground cannot cause a fumble. They give the Colts the football on the five-yard line or the two-yard line or whatever it was. I Google it. Sure enough. The ground can cause a fumble if the player has not been touched or has not been contacted. Wow. Probably one of the biggest overratings that the Buffalo Bills may have made this season outside of offensive guard is potentially Isaiah McKenzie. He is not under Andre Roberts. He's just not. And for Pamela, specifically for Pamela, I'm going to try to read the Mafia tweets, which there's a bunch of them. So I'm going to read Pamela's first. So these are the tweets. Bill's Mafia. 
Coming from Pamela at Pamadonna, who's always a wonderful part of the show. Just sad, worried. They have not played really well in weeks. Today was the worst yet. But Mr. Joseph, will you say the same thing about the Bills that you said about the Chiefs? Will they come back? Hmm. I don't know. You're looking at two completely different football teams. You know, the Chiefs have shown over three years that there's something there and they have the ability to uh, manufacture offense and play very, very well. I'm showing, I'm seeing, I should say, a reluctance to to work backwards. I'm seeing a reluctance to scheme backwards. I'm, I'm seeing a reluctance to go back to what the Bills used to do that worked very, very well. They seemingly want to be somebody they're not, and it's not working. I don't know what the answer is. Luke Moranis, at Luke Moranis. Feeling nothing. A lifetime of Bills fandom has provided me the the co- <laughs> provided me the coping skills to shut down emotionally and block it out. I'll look forward to the draft. Well, I don't think the season's over, Luke, but here we are. Ethan A. Tweedy at Tweedy underscore A. Well, I honestly don't have words. Got a rebound versus New Orleans. Utter abomina- abomination of a game. Flush this game now. Go Bills. 207 Bills fan at Reed underscore Levine. The wheels have come off, man. That's all I can say. Tom, w, uh, Western New York Beer Trail, at Western New York Beer, Beer Trail. The Bills are still contenders. They played like garbage today, but look but look around. Titans lost to the Texans. Get right, get into contention. It's a weird year, for sure. Jeff King, I see your super chat. I'll get to you in a second. Brad Coyle, at Loomis202. Uh, I thought all year that we will win the Super Bowl. I still think that we will, but for the first time, I have no idea how they're going to do it. I'm right there with you, dude. Bills fans, you okay? Bill at Bills fan UK. The season changed on a Josh Allen slip against the Titans, and I'm not happy about it. It feels that way. Jackie Broder at Broder Jackie. This team is packed full of lovable, ultra-talented guys, and I refuse to throw them all under the bus, even subpar ones. It's now down to coaching. No team identity, conservative baffling decisions, no discipline, unrecognizable versus 2020 despite continuity, roller coaster nightmare. Jackie, you're all over it. I should have had you do the show. T Estelle at T E E S T E L L. My girl T. Joe, to be honest, I thought the loss would hurt, but I'm at a point with this team where they're not ready to be hunted. This team can't afford to make mental errors. When Bass missed the field goal, I knew it would be a struggle. So did I. Buffalo Blitzkrieg. Sorry. Uh, at Blitz, uh, Bill's Blitzkrieg. Feeling, feelings, football. Please explain these two concepts to me. My brain eradicated them around 2 p.m. on 11-21-21. My guy Richard Rush, at Richard R. Rush 2. Numb. I feel numb. Can't blame the O-line. Play calling sucked mostly. You can throw in the you can th- you can throw in the wind, I should say. You can't throw in the rain. Or you can throw in the rain, sorry. You can't throw in both. They actually can, but today they didn't. The team wasn't put in a position to win. Everything was just enough off again. It's deja vu, he says peace. My guy Saxa Dave at Saxa Dave leaves me with all that all or with that all too all too familiar feeling. Sorry, honestly, we thought we were legit contenders, but that was tragic. On top of previous poor performances, keep thinking we'll pull it uh, we'll pull it out round uh, pull it around next week. But it feels like it's getting worse, not better. We keep making the same costly errors every week. Last one for you tonight. JD at JD seven 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 four two eight six nine. Wow, this is not an overreaction. But they are done this season. No offense, uh, no offensive line or defensive line will lead to the success, success. Add on the penalties, and that is a recipe for disappointment. What's funny about all of this, and then I'm going to get to Jeff King's super chat. 
is how on point and close all of you were. Sorry, I've got a chat sitting up here. How close all of you were to pretty much all of my notes for this show. We're going to close the show with a Jeff King super chat. Jeff King is my guy. Thank you for the super chat, my brother. Can we honestly say this season is a wash or do we still want to live in that time warp or delusion that we are going to uh going to that we're going to the Super Bowl? Because F making it, we we aren't waking we aren't winning. F it all been there four times before. So what Jeff is saying is if we're not going to the Super Bowl and winning, he doesn't want to go. And are we in a situation where we're still honestly able to say that we're going to the Super Bowl? I would tell you right now, November 21st, 2021, Jeff, that I'm with you. This version of the Buffalo Bills football team is not a Super Bowl contender. They're a middle-of-the-pack football team in the AFC that's stacked, that has some good teams that slip up, and they're one of those teams that slip up. The problem is they slip up too much, and they're a little bit flawed. Can these flaws be fixed? Yes, these flaws can absolutely be fixed. The season is not over. However, what happened today at Highmark Stadium was a little bit embarrassing. Ladies and gentlemen, I would tell you to keep the faith. The next five games are going to tell you a lot. They're going to tell us a lot about this team. If the Bills can manage to come out of the next five games undefeated, we're going to be having a different conversation five weeks from now. If they come out of the next five weeks, one and four or two and three, we're pretty much going to know what we have. And we're going to be talking at 1013 on Monday or Sunday nights about the draft. But as always, we're going to keep the faith. We're going to keep our hopes up. We love this football team. We love Josh Allen. We love Sean McDermott. And as much as we're frustrated and I'm concerned and mad and angry and I'm full of overreaction emotion, the reality is, is I love this team. I love Josh Allen. I love Sean McDermott. Bill's Mafia for life. Bill's Mafia or die. As they go, my emotions go. But the sun will come up tomorrow, and when it does, we'll feel hopefully a little bit better. And we're on to Thursday, where we get to watch our Buffalo Bills play the New Orleans Saints and hope for a better outcome. Hope that they begin to learn from their mistakes and hope that they begin to adjust from whatever it is that they're trying to accomplish this year. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned into the Overreaction Post Game Show. I'm sorry that it wasn't happier, but I feel better. I feel I feel like I've gotten my emotion out. If it resonated with you, tweet me, Facebook me, let me know. And if you didn't like it, Facebook me, tweet me, let me know. But this has been the Overreaction Post Game Show brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. I'm your host, the voice of the Overreaction Post Game Show. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. Jessica Tennis, I appreciate you. She says, sleep well tonight. Where'd that go? Where'd that tweet go? There she is. Sleep well tonight. Same thing. Jeff King says, happy Thanksgiving. Jamie, my sister, says, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Until next time, go Bills. Hugs to all. Don Keith, thank you. Thank you, Don. Xavier Stutz says, uh, this was much needed. I'm glad. John Fina, nice cathartic release, Joe. Hope it worked for everyone. Brian Bowers, thanks, Jeff. Same to you, bro. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Happy Thanksgiving. There should be or there will be a Monday night off tackle with John Fina show tomorrow. There will be a 
Hump Day Hotline on Wednesday. And if I've got enough internet bandwidth, there will be an overreaction postgame show on Thursday from Tennessee. I'm going to Tennessee to see my family for Thanksgiving. Ladies and gentlemen, I love you. appreciate you. Thanks for sticking with me. We'll talk to you guys soon. As always, go Bills. This is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts.